The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Efficient Official Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Junta. We're joined with a special guest, a guy that is from a town that is very close to my heart, Las Vegas, Nevada. He recently joined the Detroit Tigers. It's my pleasure to welcome Bly Madris to the Officially Unofficial Podcast. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Having a great day. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. This is the third time we've tried this. Hand up. Listen, I want, <laughs> we're going to get people the behind the scenes. There's third time we've tried this. But obviously, we're, oh, yeah. we're going to keep grinding. But I want to go into a story of you. Like I mentioned, uh, Vegas is very close to my heart. Uh, Bryce, mm-hmm. Bryson I'm really close with. Uh, Nolan, all my nice. buddies are from there. And uh, a couple of them told me a story about you when you guys were younger. My buddy Chase Adams said that you hit a ball um, off of South Point Casino oh God. off him. Do you remember that? <laughs> Do you remember almost hitting a ball off of South uh, Point? Yeah. I do, man. That was a good time. Those are the Little League days when I had a lot of juice, <laughs> and I don't know where it went. But, man, that was a fun league. Had me, Chase Adams, Stoddy. Oh, man. There was a, a lot of guys who played at UNLV, played in that Little League, and it was very competitive, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it feels like back then, Little League was a lot more competitive. I don't know what, it, <laughs> I don't know what it's like now, but, man, those were – some of the best days of my life, like playing baseball. So, and I mean, you mentioned UNLV. I gotta ask time. this: Why didn't you go to UNLV? What happened there? You uh, went through your D two guy. Dude. Yeah, hey man, D two for life. Got a lot yeah, of for sure. I'm a JUCO guy, so there. I understand. But... I've been in the, I've been <laughs> oh, in the trenches. Well, I understand why. So why did you go to no, UN? Why didn't you go to UNLV? Yeah, honestly, didn't get an offer. I was a pretty uh, late bloomer, and. Yeah, I don't know. I was fed a bunch of this stuff about how they didn't give like in-state scholarships to guys. Uh, that's just what I was told. But I don't know if it was just like, oh, hey, you're not good enough right now or, hey, go to a two year or something like that. And that's just not what I wanted to do. So like just playing college baseball was the dream at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was willing to go wherever I could play. And um, I had a like few walk-on offers, a couple of D1s, but I mean, I needed a little bit of like scholarship help and stuff like that, make it more affordable, like help myself out on the back end, you know? Yeah. And so I it, mean, was, it was just like money-based. I just don't understand how you said you're a late bloomer. I mean, in D2, your first year, you hit 381. 
Like, if that's a late bloomer, I don't even want to know what I am. I mean, 381 as a freshman, I believe that was, right? Or was that a sophomore? Yeah, that, was, yeah. that was your freshman. No, true you freshman. Were, yeah, you were yeah. 19 and 381. Like, what? I mean, you and Alvi, what, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, how is that a late, how is that a late bloomer, though? Like, so you weren't a late bloomer. I mean, or you just got good when you were a freshman. No, yeah, man. I, I give, like, a lot of credit to the people at, at Colorado Mesa, man. They – they turned me into a great hitter that fall and turned me into a different kind of guy in the weight room. They kind of transform me. They do a great job developing guys down there. And I mean, if you look at a track record of CMU, Colorado Mesa, they're the winningest team of all college baseball in the last decade. Like, I want to say, I, I tweeted something out the other day, like we're a hundred and, or I don't know, it's, it's something absurd, but I think it was like only 37 losses in the past, like, Jesus 10 years Christ. or something like that, 57. I know I can't. Yeah, we is were Nick Saban coaching there. Who's the, <laughs> who's, the, who's the coach there? Chris, Chris Hanks has been there forever, and uh, he's from outside Carbondale, like a little town right outside of Grand Junction where the school's at. And and he's turned that program into an absolute powerhouse where, where they're going to the regional, super regional now in Division Two, and eventually to the national championship. So yeah, I went there once in my uh, in my three years there. Then I want to say they've gone back like three out of the last six years. Jesus Christ! Like them in University of Tampa, man, Nova Southeastern, all those big like big D two schools seem to always be in the conversation. Yeah, University of Tampa. I always see them playing against uh, MLB teams in spring training and shit. If I have that correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I want to go into your junior year because obviously, like being a d2 guy right in your mind mm-hmm. you're like all right I, I have a chance to get drafted here but i don't know how high it is you're so your junior year you hit 422 with 17 <laughs> nukes and 67 yeah. rbis which is the most yeah. ridiculous fucking stat line i've ever seen in my life do you when you during that year were you just like I, i'm gonna get drafted like was that when you realized like all uh, right like i have a real possibility to get drafted now like was that the year Dude, I had no idea that I was on anyone's radar until after our first series at Dixie State. Um, like, because the previous year I played in like, I want to say seven games, seven, eight games, and I, yeah. I got hit by a pitch, broke my finger, broke my hand, like shattered my knuckle completely. So I did the whole college thing my sophomore year, then wasn't even worried about, um, wasn't even worried about anything. You there? Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, had no idea that I was even going to be remotely close to being drafted whatsoever. But kind of worked my ass off. Uh, as soon as I got healthy, kind of transformed into a whole different player, whole new person, like, beginning of fall of my junior year. Then kind of went off at Dixie State. Like, I didn't get out type of, like, went off <laughs> the first series of the year. <laughs> And it was a few guys. Yeah, it was crazy. I was, it was wild, man. Like, and next thing you know, I'm sitting down after the games, like scouts are pulling me. They're like, Hey, can we, uh, can you fill out this packet? Can we run some, like do some measurements and all that kind of jazz for the draft, whatever it may be. And I'm like, dude, I'll do anything. Like, what do you want? Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to play at the next level at this point. Then, went on having the season that I did and really opened up some eyes. So then uh, I, I had no idea I was going to be a top 10 rounder 
but I ended up being like humbly, like I'm just gonna say, it, like I'm trying to be humble saying this, but it's just like I was one of the best players in the nation that year, like at the Division Two level. Yeah, I mean so. these stats are just crazy. Is there a Golden Spikes for Division Two? Yeah. So, how did that? Uh, did you win I that? Actually, I'm assuming you won that. If you didn't, no, we're gonna start a rig campaign. I, I lost. Uh, yeah, dude, I lost uh, to a kid from Delta State, Zach Shannon, who ended up playing with the Diamondbacks for a while. But dude, that, I'm telling you that award kind of like it was broken this past year by another guy at Mesa. You should look up his numbers, Hayden McGeary. He puts my numbers to shame. Jesus Christ! He, let me see. If you have access to that, he just got drafted by the Cubs. He had stupid numbers. He, I think he doubled mine. It's I'm nuts. Looking, I'm looking here. But, at the, I'm trying to find the ones for you because that because that year when you were there, like the D1, our guy Jake Berger and Brent Rooker were just tearing it up from Mississippi yeah, yeah. and Missouri State. I I can't find the yeah. D2 nominees though. What the fuck? Yeah, it was like me, Zach Shannon, um, a kid from Quincy University, I believe, then another kid from Tampa. All that, yeah, dude, it was it was wild. I lost. And you could be year. honest here. How pissed were you that you didn't win? I mean, that's that's bullshit, right? Like how? <laughs> well, were you, so was a little came, part of you mad? Uh, I mean, yeah, it was competitive. Then we played each other in the D two World Series my junior year, and we eliminated Delta State. So I was like, oh, I got it in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> well, I'm looking. Okay, hand up. No disrespect to Zach. Shit, this guy raked twenty nine nukes, eighty one RBIs. Yeah. 968 slugging and 184 total bases. All right. I mean, he's nuts. He's nuts. If you want to lose to a guy, that's a guy you want to lose to. I mean, 100%. I think, I think he won it back to back years. Okay. He didn't get drafted after it. So you got him. I mean, so they definitely saw stuff in you. Yeah. I mean, they definitely saw stuff in you. If Uh, you got drafted and that guy didn't get, that's crazy, dude. Holy shit. And this, this is a, this guy's a big body, though, bro. I'm looking at, this guy oh, house. Absolute looks house. like he's like 6'4", weighs like 350 pounds. Holy Dude, shit. I know, I, know he was in, I know he was in pro ball with the D-backs for a while. Um, yeah, like kept tabs on him a little bit, but, I mean, everyone's got stuff going on, you know? Yeah, no, for but, sure. I mean, that is that is insane. Like, so – and this is another humble brag for you. Like, we're – so are you looked upon as like a legend there at Mesa? Like, are you like, because I know obviously they probably have tons of kids getting drafted and stuff like that, but you actually like made the show, you did all of it and stuff like that. Like, are you looked upon as like one of the greats there with all the stuff that say, you've done? I would say recently, but the greatest to ever do it there is Sergio Romo. He went there. Really? Yeah, man. So, hey, that's a little fun fact. Like, Sergio, like, he's always reached out to me, like, past few years after I got drafted, always checked up on me. He's a great dude, man. And uh, he's probably like, I want to say he's the big, he's got to be the biggest name to come out of there. But I mean, as of recently, yeah, I guess like, I mean, there's, I've played with some of the guys who got drafted, but I mean, I don't, I try not to look at it like that. I just try to help him out as much as I can. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm looking at the Zach Shannon kid stats again, like, why is this guy not in the minors still? He got released. He he's a two eighty nine career hitter in the minors with twenty six nukes. What the fuck? Dude, that's, isn't it crazy how that works? Like you look at some guys' numbers, and I mean, you're like, how does this guy not get like an opportunity, to get a chance? And it's just wow. like there's dude, there's messed up stuff like that in this game, bro. A lot of politics, but, man. Oh, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Then dude. I mean, you run the numbers these days, and if you don't fit a specific 
like mold or throw a certain type of pitch with a certain amount of spin that they don't like, they'll get rid of you, man. Get ready real is quick. Wild. Who is yeah. who's one guy you've played with in your entire career where you're like, man, why is this guy not in the show? Like, why is this guy grinding in the minors right now? Like, oh, why is man. this guy hasn't got the call yet? Oof. Let's see. There's probably tons of them in Durham. Because that team was an absolute wagon. So, yeah. Oh, man. Coming off the team. top of my head, coming off the top of my head is, I mean, Tristan Gray. Like, he's a, he's a great buddy. He was drafted with me with the Pirates. Um, he led the International League in homers this year. Um, and, like, I think he plays a great, great shortstop, and you can put him anywhere else in the infield. Um, he's very projectable, power hitter, all that stuff. I mean, I think he's deserved an opportunity. Yeah, like thirty-three new utility mold to where he can. Yeah, with another two in playoffs. Oh my god! This is you could probably do this for days though. Is just look through the minors and be like, man, how is this guy not on the show? How is this guy not on the show? How it is wild, man. But I want to go through your. I want to go through your minor league career. So obviously, man, you start out in West Virginia. Um, Yep. How hard was that? Like to just like because obviously your family's your family is in Vegas and all that type yeah, of stuff, man. right? So how far is that to be like on the whole other side of the country playing minor league baseball? Because I know Colorado's close to Vegas, right? It's like what a two hour flight. Yeah, seven. Uh yeah, two hour flight from Junction. Then I mean from my house to my house in Junction when I was there it was like six and a half, seven hours. Yeah. So how hard was that Beautiful to play in West Virginia? Dude, it was weird, just kind of like you get drafted, then Next thing you know, four days later, like you're in Pittsburgh signing a contract. Then you're in West Virginia in an electrical closet as a clubhouse. And like yeah. first day there, like your manager is calling you an FNG. <laughs> like, yeah, you were. And it's just like, that's part of the grind and part of it. But it's just like, yeah, man, it, it's like, it's wild. You show up and like to make space, some guys got to get released. Like some crews are ending while yours is starting. Like you get the big picture of it really quick. And you, like, start to feel, like, the business side of things. And, like, you see that and you're like, oh, man, I'm with a bunch of guys I've never met before. Like, a bunch of just alpha males, like, just coming off, like, some of the biggest years that they've had to get drafted. Then now you're in a clubhouse with them. But, I mean, I guess that what's, that's what makes the bond stronger between guys and what makes the transition easier. Like, Dude, there were some days you didn't even realize, like, where are we? Like, we're in West Virginia. Oh, I'm <laughs> in Auburn, New York. Yeah. After a 16-hour bus ride, you don't know where you're at. You have no idea where you're at. You're like, oh, we got a game today, tomorrow, the next day. When's our next off day? Oh, 14 games from now? Okay, yeah. That's the grind, grind brother. That's 100%. The grind. You got to love it. Got to fall and in love with it. I So, a couple years after, you play in Altoona, which is close to where I am um, in, like, yeah. Toronto area. Um it's like four hours from Toronto, but uh, you played with O'Neill Cruz. Do I have that correct? A couple games. Oh, yeah, ahead? man. Yeah. What so is was... that fucking freak <laughs> alien like? Play? I mean, dude, this kid is insane. Just like a, a hundred across the diamond and just launches baseballs in orbit. Like what was the okay? Give us a story of the first time you saw O'Neill Cruz, like your first impression of him. Dude, so we were at Instructional League after my first year of pro ball. And this is back when the Pirates were doing the whole, like, wild, like, have you ever heard of the stories about Instructional League with Pirates? No. Like, back in the day? Dude, we would do, like, like, we would have four weeks of just, like, regular Instructional League. 
then we would have like a hell week, like a like, like a wild week. Yes, <laughs> dude, exactly like that, where we were doing like a bunch of like team building stuff, different meetings, uh, like leadership stuff. It, I mean, it all works. Like it's all like in good measure and stuff yeah. like that, and it builds you up and like makes you stronger, like as a whole. Like I mean, I think we had the closest class out of like draft class out of anyone I've ever seen. But anyways, so like first time I met Cruzy, it was an instructional league, absolute freak, just got traded over to us. I'm like, this dude is eight feet tall, playing shortstop, and he moves like he's five foot five. It's incredible. Dude, and it, like he was hitting balls like off of like just a regular BP throw, not throwing hard, over the batter's eye in center. Dude, I'm like struggling to hit it off like the bottom of that thing. And he's just hitting it out with ease. I'm like, I'm never going to make it. Never. It turns out this guy's like, turns into like one of the best teammates I've ever had. And really? Just, like, dude, I love him to death, bro. Like, from, <laughs> I call him Papa Palm Tree because he's so <laughs> freaking big and he's got the dreads and all that. He calls me Baby Palm Tree. So it's just like, I mean, we built a close relationship with, just like holding each other accountable and just like, hey, Cruzy, let's go. Go on, pick it up because we know he's just got more in there. Yeah. And like we try to push him to like, dude, he could break a record every single night he's out there. Like that's that's what's so exciting to watch him play. Like this guy can hit a homer at 95 miles an hour, like at the perfect launch angle, whatever it may be. Then he can hit a ball at 120, 122 miles an hour and hit a homer. Like, he has that far of a range to hit a homer. Like, how can you say this guy's not going to be a star player? He literally just has to make contact with the baseball. It's incredible. He is. He takes so half special. swing and hit balls. He hits balls harder than, than 75% of the league. It's incredible. He's so special. It's insane. Have you been on the receiving end of his, like, 100-mile-an-hour cross diamond throws? Dude, that's how I learned how to play first. You you had to learn how like to play my first, first time by catching – by catching O'Neill Cruz across Diamond. Yeah, dude. So, like, I don't – like, that's, like – I didn't play first base. I played first base in college a little bit, like, my freshman year. Then, like, that was the last time I played first. Then they were like, hey, we want to get you back to the big leagues. Can you play first base? I'm like, yeah, dude, let's do it. So, like, uh, Gary Green, our infield coach in AAA, was like, hey – I'm going to hit fungos as hard as I can at you. Cause Cruz is our big league, like our big league shortstop. Yeah. He's like, we're prepping you to like catch him like over there. And he's not like Cruz isn't the most accurate at times. Like, and it's coming hard and it's coming fast. And sometimes you don't know where it's going. So he would hit fungos at me from probably from the infield grass as hard as he could to prep me for Cruz. Then when I got to the big leagues, the first day I was going to play first base, me and Cruz went out early to take ground balls and they just told Cruz, Hey man, you gotta let, you gotta let him see some, you gotta let some loose. <laughs> so like, that's how I learned how to play first base, man. Like, it's like, I'm catching probably the, one of the guys who throws the hardest on the infield. Like that's who like, I gotta learn how to like pick stuff. I gotta learn how to move my feet with this guy over there. Dude, and it's just like, it made me so much better over there. I, I mean, made me so much better. He is just, he's so special, but like, 
I want to yes. go in back in your minor leagues here. So obviously, yeah. what I love about the minor leagues is just like the stories and all that type of stuff. What is your funniest minor league story? So we've had stories of guys oh, like fans like waiting outside of buses to fight people. We've had stories of guys like <laughs> uh, fans climbing light poles with machetes in their hands. Like we've had stories of fans thinking the Bro, dugout what? was like VIP seats, so they would sit in the dugout yeah. with the team. Do you have any funny stories like that? Dude, coming up. Nothing like off the charts. Yeah, I try to stay pretty low key. But oh man, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Wild, wild. Oh, I mean, I have so it was the last last series of the year. And yeah. like everyone's like driving their cars to the road series so they can all like branch off and go home afterwards, right? Yeah. So like we're all staying at the same hotel, bus is outside, everyone's got like kind of drove up drove the cars up to Bowie and then we come outside like one of the mornings and like six players cars were on bricks like someone took their wheels and their tires off their car and left them on bricks <laughs> no Bro, so everyone's way. like dude everyone's just like ready to get, like we're on game 140 at this point everyone's just like we're not making playoffs we're all just like dude <laughs> We gotta get through these last three days. Then we're we're home free. We're we're going home. We're driving home, cruising home. Next thing you know, everyone's at freaking discount tire trying to buy tires together. Did the team pay for that? Uh I think it was like I think I think they try to like blame it on the hotel. But I think oh ultimately it's on the team because the team has relationships with that hotel. So I don't know how they figured it out, but I think guys were compensated for it. That is absurd. I didn't have to worry about. <laughs> that is absurd. Didn't have to worry about. That's yeah, sick. That's probably like never the craziest, car. funniest story I got. That's yeah, why. That's why I never bring a car. That's tough. It's tough league. <laughs> I tough would. League. It would be hilarious if it was just like one of the first rounders whips, and it was like a brand new fucking range or something like that. Because those <laughs> tires are worth so much money that it would just. Uh, it, it would just be like. It would be like. All right, I understand why you do this shit. But hundred uh, percent. But another thing is, uh, so I, I gotta, I gotta ask you. So obviously you played in Bris, you played in Brisbane, right? Or Brisbane, oh, yeah. whatever, Australia. Brisbane how did snack, like how yeah. did that come about? Like, did you want to play a uh, winter ball in Australia, or like here's, was here's that something that came up to you? Story. So this is kind of a wild story. So I played with Robbie Glendening. Um, he's a team Australian guy. He's with the Kansas City Royals now. He was with the Pirates for a while. Same draft class out of Mizzou. Um, so he had all the Australian connections and stuff like that. I was like, the shutdown's happening. Um, I didn't get invited to the alt site after like an okay year in double A. Yeah. yeah. Then that's when like Charrington came in to the pirates and, uh, John Baker, like whole new regime came in. Yeah. Like, and I wasn't like a big prospect or nothing, just kind of a grinder, you know? So I was like, dude, I need to go play this winter. I need to get to my bats. I need to just stay in shape in case someone comes calling, whatever it may be. So I was like, I'm going to start reaching out to some GMs and stuff. Dude, I did it via Facebook. No. Like, you Were you sliding dude, in? Oh, yeah. Sliding DMs <laughs> left and right, trying to find a job. <laughs> Had to, bro. Like, that's how, that's how it was, bro, because everyone who wasn't playing or at the alt site was trying to find a place to play. Puerto Rico was, like, not doing a league that year. And Venezuela was, like, like pretty crazy at the time, so no one yeah. was playing there. 
Dominican was like, if you don't have big league time or triple A time, like there's no way you're getting in there. Uh, at that time, I was playing double A. I was like, where can I go? I was like, okay, Australia doesn't have any lockdowns, any shutdowns right now. If you remember that, they had it like pretty contained. Yeah. So, dude, I started messaging GMs like Sydney Blue Sox. I had a connection with Gifting Gope, who would play there like uh, previous years, and he was going back. Then Robbie, I was like, hey, Robbie, can you like reach out to some GMs for me and let them know I'm looking for a place to play? So he reached out, then he sent me a list of names and Facebook profiles oh of the people, God. like their private Facebook profiles. It was like, <laughs> I'm in there. So I was like, hey, my name is Lavendris, like send me some like stats, video, what, I know, some like, you know, like how yeah, yeah. kids do it. They're like, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I felt like I was like trying to get recruited to college again. <laughs> <laughs> so was he dialed in like did he so know who you are I, and were, were and stuff like that dude kind of like so i was just like no like i wasn't a big prospect bro so i was just like like who's this guy but i send like then like two weeks goes by i'm like hitting training still i get a i get a message from uh his name is mark reedy of brisbane bailey's owner um and like the GM of all of it, he was like, "Hey, yeah, we'd be happy to have you. This is what you begin paid a month. All this stuff, we'll cover flights, all that." I said, "Yes, sir, I'm in." So fucking right. Next thing you know, like I'm playing, dude. Just like kind of had to make it happen on my own because like my agent was trying everything he could, bro. I love my agent to death. He was trying everything he could, just like couldn't like find anyone to respond to him. So. He was just like, dude, just start meshing people too. And I was like, all right. So I ended up getting an offer. And I, it changed my career, bro. Playing with, like playing football that year changed my career. Because I got so, to put everything I was working on, like in a cage, like during 2020, into game speed and see what worked, see what didn't work. And I ended up making some unreal adjustments. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like if you want to look back into the stats, I mean, so the year after that, you come back and you play in AAA and you hit 270. 273 yeah. with like uh, – nine nukes like those are really good numbers in triple a so were you just like uh when you came back from australia like did, w did you change like your entire stance or just like the approach that you had and stuff like that because 273 with nine yeah. nukes triple a is really good approach it was definitely approach man like i was just like i was trying to sell out a little bit more like what really surprised me was like the amount of doubles i hit that year and like um like i was like okay i'm starting to find a stroke now what's the next step like for the next year um but like yeah dude, it was mostly approach and just kind of like trusting myself and taking more chances in certain counts guessing right not being not being afraid to like look stupid or swing itself in the dirt you know and just like giving that up and it's just as soon as i did that I, like changed my career like i quit playing so timid and i just quit trying to put the bat on the ball i was trying to do damage trying to impact the baseball and slug so that's what really changed. What was Australia like? Well, like, what was like the biggest difference for you from Australia to like US? Like, just the biggest, like, this is, was it the time change? What was it? Yeah, dude, the time change was wild. Like, it was really tough, like, playing than trying to like talk to your family or my girl back home. Like, I'd be staying up till 3 a.m. that time just to say good morning to my girl back here or like talk to my parents for a little bit yeah. and catch up on sleep. Then, like, we would travel to different cities for, like, a week at a time, and we would, like, do a pod play 
So like all the teams would travel to a different home field and do like a tournament style. Like that's kind of that uh, Yeah, dude. So we were all together. Like every team was together like the entire time. Like we go from Brisbane to Adelaide to Melbourne to like, well, Sydney, like, oh uh, no, so Sydney didn't have a team that year. That's sick. Uh, we were supposed to go. To that's sick. Yeah, dude. It was crazy. It was an unreal time. Then all the guys, like we all got really close. We we're all going out partying together then we go to the field then we go work out like dude, it was a cool little group it was a fun group then i know a lot of guys like who've played in the big leagues like played in that league that year like luke williams uh he was with the phillies the marlins uh, he was happy was there right yeah he was then That's my guy uh, yeah dude the best way to learn a language immersion living where the language is spoken and using it every day But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. So there's a lot of big league talent there. Yeah, dude. That's incredible. Yeah, Yeah, It's a great stepping stone. It's a good winter league to go to for sure. It's just the time change and shit is crazy, man. Like, I don't know how you guys do that stuff. It's fucking. But it's an unreal place, man. Like, you need to go. Yeah, Australia like, looks sick. Hands down, it's beautiful, great people. There's no language barrier. Like that's, that's the good coolest thing, thing about too. it. So, like, yes, a hundred percent. Especially for young guys going for the first time. Like, I would encourage that. Yeah, for sure. Like, 100%. And, so obviously we'll go into now. So you, so then you 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 keep raking in AAA and all that type of stuff, and then you finally get the call to the show. Yeah. I, I wanted to go into that call. So where were you when you found out you were a big leaguer? Like, how how did they surprise uh, you with that? Did they do, like, kind of like a whole big thing? Or how how, how did they approach that? So, we were in uh, Braves AAA in Gwinnett. Um, we were playing strivers. I had kind of went off that week. I think I hit, like, 340 that series. ton of doubles. Yeah. Um, then, like, we ended. We won a huge series. Like, we were still, we were still in, like, the run of it. It was, like, mid-season. Um, we're all playing, we're just playing good baseball at this point. Like our manager had to talk with us like a week before, Hey, we need to step it up. Like we need to start winning some series, start putting more, let's be more, con- like have some more conviction towards what we're doing. Then we went out and won a big series. They were like, Hey, let's just focus on winning this one, go to the next one. And we ended up winning the series on that Sunday. Then everyone's like vibing in the clubhouse, like listening to music, like having a couple beers, whatever it may be. Then Maggie, our manager, comes out. I was like, hey, O'Neill Cruz, back to the show. Then that was his first call up of the year. That was the first time, like, everyone has been wanting Cruz back in the big leagues, wanting Cruz back yeah. in the big leagues. So we're all pumped for him, man. We're all super excited for him. Then uh, 
uh, we like go back to hanging out. He's like, hey, wait, wait, wait. Just want to talk to you guys about the way you played this week. That's how you play baseball. This is what we do. That's how we play. Then he had subbed me out. Like he had he had a talk with us like earlier in the week about like how guys in the like how the staff in the big leagues wanted guys to be ready to pinch hit like off the bench. So we were gonna do some more of that stuff. So he had talked to me earlier. He's like, Hey, you're gonna start at first today. Then I either might sub you out or sub you into the outfield. I was like, Okay, just to like switch up positions mid game, stay ready yeah. for it. So I started at first, then he's like hey, you haven't had a day off all week. Like, just take the rest of the game. Then, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, cool. Like, sick. I haven't had a day off in, like, two weeks. Perfect. It's awesome. So, like, we're just chilling in the dugout at that point. He's like, hey. Then in the meeting, it's like, hey, just want to really, uh, like, the way Bly handled his business today, about cheering Mason on. Mason Martin, like, went in to pitch hit for me. And, like, I was on the rail, like, hey, let's go. Like, he had been, like, struggling at the time, and he got a huge knock, and I was like, they're dabbing him up as soon as it happened. He's like, hey, that's a teammate right there. And that's like the kind of vibe we want in here. Like cheer every single guy on in here. And that's what they're going to need in Pittsburgh. Hell yeah. Yeah. Dude. So it's just like, that's what kind of teammate they need in Pittsburgh. So that's how I found out. Then whole, everyone just kind of bum rushed me. Like, like hit me. Like, Is hey, there a video of that? That's electric, dude. Dude, there's not. And I wish there was, but no one knew it was coming. Like maybe it just got off the phone. Oh. He's like, hey, we're calling up Cruz. He hung up the phone, then got a call back and was like, yo, you're oh, too. So he didn't have time to like set it up or anything. <laughs> so I was just like, but dude, it was uh it was a magical moment. Then calling the parents was you never think about this moment. Like I tried to call my parents and they're in the freaking new Top Gun movie. No. They're in Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, so I'm, like, trying to call him voicemail, voicemail, voicemail. Then my mom, like, texts me. She's like, hey, I'm in a movie. What's up? I'm like, okay, relax. <laughs> then I call. I was like, hey, um, what are you guys doing tomorrow? And I was like, hey, I'm going to – you might need to grab a flight to Pittsburgh. So oh my, God, my, mom's, my mom's in the movie theater. My dad's still watching the movie. He doesn't know yet. Then my mom's just screaming like I can hear her on the phone. Just ah, my son's going up, getting big legs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Holy dude, shit! Cracking up, cracking up. And it was on Father's Day too. So I found out I was going to the big leagues on that Sunday. Father's, yeah, Father's Day. Yeah. So it was a big, it was a big thing for me and my dad. It was awesome, man. Dude, that is that, that's such a good story. And then obviously you get up to the show and your first game you go three for fucking four. Are you kidding me? Yeah, what, that was insane. What, how fucked was that? Because obviously you were playing at home in Pittsburgh. I'm sure you got a nice ovation. Your parents probably got interviewed during the game and all that type of stuff. Yeah, but that. like going three, because obviously that's so rare, right? I mean, usually guys yeah. like shit down their leg in their big league debut, obviously. I mean, if you're in the big <laughs> leagues, but what was that like for you to go three for four in your big league debut, man? I mean, that is absurd. Can I start from the beginning of the day when I yeah. got there? Go on to the, go on to the so, beginning of the day. Okay, okay. So, like, get there the night before. Me and Cruiser are going through the airport. Um, fly there, yada, yada. The, the car driver takes us to the wrong hotel the night that we get there. <laughs> so, we had to call him back. We're like, hey, you took us to the wrong hotel. So, he like, comes back, grabs his back. Wake up the next day, come in, uh, 
meet with Sheltie, meet with, yeah, do all that jazz, do the media day. And this is where a lot of people gain respect for Cruz. Cruz was like, hey, I've already had my day. This isn't about me today. This is about Bly. Like, go ask him all the questions. Go do all of that. If anyone ever questions what kind of guy O'Neill Cruz is, that's what I'll tell him. That's what kind of guy he is. He's unbelievable. He's awesome. He's one of the best people uh, I've met in this game. I love him to death as a teammate and a person and as a He's person. A so, yeah. So that's just uh, – then we get into, like, BP, the work day, all that stuff. Dude, it starts pissing rain. It starts pouring. So I don't get to take reps in the outfield, like during BP, to get used to third deck. Have never played in the stadium before. Um, I don't get to take BP on the field. So I didn't, the, my first time stepping in the box at PNC was my first at bat. Are you so kidding I didn't get me? BP. No, dude, don't, don't get BP. Like didn't get to see an outfield, like one ball in the outfield. <laughs> didn't get to take BP. It was wild. Dude, so. what the fuck? So did you, yeah. like, is that something you tried to mimic the days after? Cause if, if it's working, bro, like, don't break it, right? Like, if it's Dude. if it's not broken, don't fix it. So, I, like, in AAA, I didn't take BP on the field. I didn't do that. Like, I don't take BP on the field. Like, I, I heard, like, Trout wasn't doing it. Otani was doing it. Yeah, Otani hey, doesn't. Do yeah, I was like, I'm not doing it for a week. Like, I had a sick cage routine I had with my hitting coaches uh, down in AAA. Dude, I loved it. I fell in love with it. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to hit on the field today. It's like, okay, sick. So I think, like, so I was going to hit on the field my debut day because, like, I don't know, why wouldn't you want to take BP your first day in the big leagues on the field? You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I was like, but I think it, like, helped my routine and, like, it's kind of, I don't know, it just kind of set me up. It made me feel uh, more comfortable, I guess. Like, it wasn't anything new. I don't know. I just kind of, like, I don't know, it just kind of rushed me into it, but. I mean, it worked, brother. It's just, yeah. Like your first month in the show, you hit three oh eight, dude. Like, what yeah. were guys like? What were what was management saying to you? Like, what was going on there? Because three oh eight, and you're like, I don't know if you, like there's rookie of the month honors. Maybe someone else got that because I think oh, yeah, you 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 were competing with like Bobby Witt and all those guys. That was when they started breaking. Uh, yeah, and we like right before I got up, like Jack Swinski had three homers. Yeah, day, sorry, that's so. what I'm saying. Yeah, the Yenal guys, but um, no, yeah, dude. like. Yeah. What was going right for you? Like, was that one of the moments in your career where you just everything felt right in the batter's box? Like, where you could just you just felt like you could hit whoever was pitching. Dude, that's how I felt for like the past week and a half. Dude, I was like, I was like messing around in AAA, like just like, yo, they need to call me up now. I'm red hot. <laughs> I'm seeing a beach ball up there. I need to get up there. So I was just like, then when it happened, it just kind of kept rolling, man. It's just like you hit those streaks and you hit those. Uh, you hit those months where you make your money and you make your numbers and you hit your quotas, all that stuff. So, yeah, man, I just kind of like trickled up to the big leagues and it was a great experience. Dude, like you are raking. I mean, you are raking like 308 is yeah. insane. So like being in the big leagues and stuff like that, um, I like to hear these quirky things. So I asked Tyler Glass now, he said one thing that he is just like, what makes the biggest difference in the big leagues is like, Actually, no, it wasn't Tyler Glass now. I think it was Strider. Spencer Strider said the biggest mm -hmm. difference he noticed in the big leagues was just always having accessibility to just having your laundry done whenever. Like, your <laughs> your, your laundry's always done. Tyler yeah. Matzik said 
it's just like you can grab a hoodie and they'll be like, yeah, dude, like just take it. Like we have like take a million it. of yeah. these in the, in the thing. What was the biggest thing for you in the major leagues, maybe off the field where you're like, this is the fucking show. Like this oh, is the dude. show. It was easily. This is the easiest one for me. You drop your bag off for travel day. Like when you first get to the field, then you go through your work day. You don't see it again until it's in your hotel room when you get to the next place. Oh, come like, on, dude. dude. Like, I was like, that's so show. That is so show. So that's you drop your bag thing. off. So you drop your bag off on a yeah. travel day at just at the team bus or locker or whatever. And you're just like, all right, I'm good. I don't have to see yeah. this until I step foot in my hotel room. That That's crazy. Dude, I didn't. Dude, it was wild. Then. Yeah, so, like, my first trip was to Tampa Bay, oddly enough. So, we were going to Tampa to D.C. I was like, hey, I was texting the club. I was like, yo, what do I do with my bag? Where do I drop it off there? They're like, just roll it into the locker room. We'll take care of it. Oh, my like, okay, God. Sick. So, literally, I show up, and everyone's bag's in a line. And the clubbies are like, yeah, I got it. Boop, boop. Then you come back in, and all you have to pack is, like, I don't know, if you want, like, certain sunglasses or a different pair of cleats or stuff like that. And once you're done, you zip it up. You don't see it. And then it's just hung up in your locker when you get to the new stadium. And it's that just like, is... dude, it's so show. That's show. Show. That is show. Is. I, I'm going to compile just all these clips, like, of the Strider. I think yeah. what Glasnow said, actually, this is funny. Glasnow said was the water pressure. It Just, like. Every it's single elite. shower, every it's single elite. clubhouse you take, every every shower you take after a game, you're like, this water pressure is immaculate. Uh, I think that's what he said. If I re- if I remember correctly, he uh, said the water pressure is insane. Water pressure. There's actually good soap. Like, like in the minor league, <laughs> you're like, dude, am I like, this is disgusting in here. First off, secondly, there's no soap. So you'll get there the first day. You're like, I'm gonna have to use hand soap to wash after a game <laughs> then you're walking out of there you feel your skin wrinkling up you feel every oh crevice on it because it's just your skin's so dried out yeah and then if you're like man i got dove soap in here in the big leagues like that's show that's show <laughs> that is so show i mean and going into like um like the what mastic said like the unlimited hoodies and stuff like that was part of you like can oh, i just yeah. take like five pittsburgh pirates hoodies and just like just Dude. pass them along to the family or whatever? Or, like, how hard was that for you to not be like, I need, like, six or seven of these hoodies. These are fire. Like, the Fanatics hoodies, the Nike hoodies, all those. I'm going to tell you, I, I stocked up on stance socks for the offseason. Yeah. Tights. And, like, all the Nike compressed shirts that I can find. I oh, love those are fire. My favorite shirt. They're, those are they're fire. The best. So, like... Stand socks for me, tights. Oh, then the discount that you get in the team store. So I got to hook up the family over like all the jerseys and stuff like that. Yeah. Just, yeah. Then That's so sick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to do it all again this year. So, yeah, that is fun, true. You know? I, listen, Detroit's close to me, man. I'll be there. I, I, if you are starting, Dude, come hang I, out. I, I don't know where the Jays are playing opening day. I think they're in St. Louis. Um, because I could do a Jays thing also, but. If I will, I, like it's three hours from here. I'll definitely come to a lot of the games. I love going down to Detroit. By the way, have you seen that stadium before? I think it's one of the most underrated stadiums in all of baseball, the Detroit Tigers. Dude, I, I, I honestly haven't. Like, just people have told me that it's absolutely massive. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, a great <laughs> Listen, for a hitter, it's a graveyard. I, I feel bad. Yeah. I yeah. It makes it goes to show how impressive what Miguel Cabrera has done 
hitting because I, that cool. stadium yeah. is a fucking graveyard. Because I remember I was uh, I went to go see Musgrove when the Tigers were facing the Padres. Um, mm-hmm. and Manny Machado hit a ball like one ten, and I was like, "Oh, that that's gone." Hits off the Easy. bottom of the wall in the gap, yeah. and I was like, "All right, like this is this is just impossible." I don't know how you're gonna do it, but yeah, like that stadium is insane, man. It's one of the most beautiful stadiums I've ever been to. Okay, yeah, dude. Have you been to PNC yet? Because that place. No, is I, I, I haven't like, been to PNC yeah. yet. Place is special. Not gonna lie. Then, dude, I love I love DC. I don't know why. But it's I new though, right? There. That's a new stadium. So the the, yeah, the clubhouse is probably. I insane. loved it. We're talking yeah, water pressure. Cage. Oh, for days. <laughs> for days. Dude, I mean, you all you played in some sick spots, man. I mean, playing at uh, playing in uh, what's it called? You got you played in San Fran, right? What was San Fran like? Yeah, that's a beautiful stadium too. Those fans are awesome. They know how to have some fun and they know how to chirp. That's what Logan. Uh, that, that's what Webby said. Yeah, dude, they're they're good, man. Uh, I actually got to face Webby there. Did you? Um, yeah, what? I kind of like we kind of came up together a little bit, but then he did. He took off. I'm happy for him. It's it's cool playing against guys like that. Then uh, just seeing them take off with their careers. It was I sick. didn't realize how young Logan Webb was when I had him on the podcast. Yeah, um, he is a young. He's young as fuck, and he just carves. Yeah, he he's just nuts. His just, his metrics disgusting. are stupid. He's stupid. disgusting. He's just, I mean, and he's on Team USA now too. Humble brag, good for yeah. him. What a fucking yeah, legend! Absolutely. I love Levy. But I, I wanted to talk. So actually, no, I want to go about this first. Who's the hardest pitcher you face in the major league so far? Corbin Burns. That's that's the answer I was expecting. What what makes him so different? Like, is it deceiving his pitches or like the way he hides the ball? Like, what is it? Dude, you know what's coming. And it's still – you can know what's coming. It's a 97-mile-an-hour cut. <laughs> Dude, and he was moving – like, he's on the first base side of the rubber for me, if I remember correctly. Dude, and he looks like – it looks like this thing shooting, like, to the on-deck circle. Like, it looks like it's cutting through the other batter's box and just ends up on the outside corner. It's nuts. It's insane. He's impressive, man. He is yeah. special. That guy is that guy's insane. I mean, so he was the hardest one. Who else did you get to face? Did you get to face Sand? No, you didn't face dude. Sandy Alcantara. Um, no, dude. I got I got Nola and Wheeler though, and Suarez. Like that whole staff was disgusting. Oh my god. Dude, that is fucked. Who's like who whose reliever you faced that was nasty? Like a closer. Oh, um, the guy from the Giants. Um Doval. Oh my, that dude is I, I don't know how people hit off that guy. Yeah, uh it's an absolute bowling ball. Like I'm ha- I make con- I hit the ball pretty hard. I just couldn't get the- I couldn't get it in the air. Like he made gr- he grounded back to back nights. I pinch hit A B off him at, at Oracle, <laughs> and they're like both closed situations. Yeah. Once I was like the last out, <laughs> so place was jumping. <laughs> Dude, I, like, you have to think, like, I have to scoop this. Like, I'm playing golf, dude. And you have to just think you're taking a 60 degree and you're just trying to hit a flop shot. Like, yeah. you're trying to hit it to the moon. But yeah. it's, it's, it's 100 with a ton of sink. It's like you're throwing a 12 pound bowling ball actually, yeah. at 100. So let's, let's end it off with so you saw with the Tigers, obviously, like I said, three hours away from me, I will be there in attendance. Yeah. Um, 
what went into that decision? Like, obviously, you absolutely fucking raked for uh, Durham, especially in the Dude, playoffs. I got DFA'd. I got DFA'd. I don't know. Well, you raked. Yeah. You raked there, though. I mean, you raked in Durham. Though. Yeah. That's yeah, a, dude, it was so, wild. So what? Yeah, you. They're just whatever. I don't know how they do. They they're just they just do some yeah. shit weird there. But so you were raking there. You win MVP, I believe it was in the playoffs. Is that correct for the yep. finals? Yep. yep. So Triple they DFA you, whatever. Yeah. Fuck them. I mean, that's just their fuck up. But <laughs> um, so what went what went into you signing with the Tigers? Like, were other teams knocking on the door and stuff like? Or, or wait, the Tigers picked you up. Yeah, they picked me up on waivers. That's actually so, electric. That's a, I mean, that's a good team to go yeah, to, though, dude. right? It's a young, yeah. rebuilding team. You're, you're, you're going to get a lot of shots there, right? Like, what did they say to you when, when they picked you up? Did they call you? Uh, dude, I've had, like, a couple conversations. I'm actually um, I'm actually going to text uh, them. They're actually here for winter meetings. I'm in San Diego right now. So I'm going to go have dinner with my agent tonight down there at winter meetings. Then I was going to text them and be like, hey, if you guys want to meet up, shake hands, say what's up, meet each other. Put a face to the name, all that. So, yeah, I, looking forward to meeting everyone, man. But they just told me there was going to be a ton of opportunity there, and uh, like, I could be a big part of it. So, how how shocked were you when the Rays DFA'd you? Uh, it came out of nowhere, honestly. Especially after the year, uh, how I ended the year with them. I I had a crazy two weeks. With them. I was only with them for two weeks, but did I had like in twelve games? I drove in like twenty six runs or something like that. Something crazy. Holy um, shit. Yeah, dude, I didn't get out then. <laughs> but <laughs> you like, didn't. Your stats are <laughs> fucked then. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was uh it, it came as a surprise, but I mean, so I get I get the fact that like when this rule five comes around or whatever it may be, dude, a lot of these teams have dumped a lot of money, a lot of time into the guys they have to protect. So I respect that because I used to be one of those guys grinding through an organization, like trying to get protected. And like the guys who got protected, man, Curtis Mead for one, he's going to be an MLB all-star. Like, and I mean, I, he's just a great dude in general. I played against him in Australia. He's an Australian kid. And I've known him since 2020. So, I mean, I couldn't be happier for the guy. You know what I mean? So I get the business decisions and I get all of it, but yeah, it did come as a surprise. So I thought I maybe like opened up some eyes over there, but I don't think there's any bad blood. I, yeah, dude, not, I mean, private, they provide me with another opportunity um, with the Tigers. So it is what it is. And you never know when I like pass my cross again. Well, yeah, you catapulted yourself. Me. You catapulted. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure you got picked up off waivers pretty quick, though. No, like the Tigers yeah, dude, got I you think, pretty quick. Yeah. So that's American League. So, and the Tigers, I think we're pretty like high on the lists with the pick. So, so yeah, I think it happened pretty quick. So yeah, no, but I mean, it's a good opportunity to be in Detroit, man. I mean, they give a ton of guys chances and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and obviously, they definitely are really high on you, and especially with that new management and stuff like that. Um, I think they just got a new GM, right, or president of baseball ops. Yep, yep. So, so that's a good chance. But um, I want to end off with this. Let's go into that first big league home run you hit in your second okay. game of all time. Second game yep. of your career, which is, by the way, like that is just absolutely fucked. Uh, you that just, was wild. Yeah, I mean that series was just you were just cheating that entire series. You <laughs> hit it off, Jack Leiter Jr. I believe is his name. Um, yep. what was running through Leiter. your head? Do you remember rounding the bases? Was there some tears maybe scroll, strolling down those eyes? Maybe like what was that moment like for you, man? Because that like w- m- less than point one percent of the world experienced that. So, so Jack had 
Like I faced him a couple times. I want to say he was with actually Detroit the year before, dude. And he, I think he broke my bat like three times last year or two years ago now. But I knew he had a, a crazy good cutter. And I was just like, dude, if I see it on the inner half, I just got to turn and go. So, dude, I, I saw it up. I knew it was coming in. I just kind of tucked the hands and turned as fast as I could. And I ended up clicking it, man. So, as I'm, as I'm rounding first, I hit a little fist pump. I was just like, yes. Like, got the first one out of the way. And it just it – was, it was storybook, man. Like, I had my college coach, Chris Hanks, the assistant coach, uh, Coach McKinney. I had my whole family there. Um, it, was, it was a dream come true, man. It was just like you couldn't write it up, like – I don't know, dude. We pulled, we pulled a, like a lot of fans that series. Uh, yeah, that, I'll say Cruz. I'll right say now. Cruz pulled a lot of fans. Yeah, I'll say Cruz pulled a lot. Oh, look yeah, at the little dude, fist I, bump I, rounding first. Was, That's what yeah, just a little. What did the these, did the fan know? ask for something from you? Because a fan, I'm seeing a fan caught it here. Dude, How did you get that back? This is wild. So this guy, uh, so he's from Altoona, and he came over like to watch. He's the head of like, uh, he was the head of. Altoona, the Altoona Curve, like, concessions or really? something like that, the stadium. Yeah, dude. So, he had seen me play. I want to say his girlfriend worked in the front office with Altoona, the Altoona Curve as well. So, like, he didn't ask for anything, bro. He just asked for a different ball, a different autograph, and a picture. I was like, dude, you're unbelievable. You're the best guy ever. Like, he just, oh, like, yeah. he made it, like, all for me. He's like, dude, this is your time. Like, enjoy it. Um, I was like, dude, I can't thank you enough, like, he was, he was a great dude. He made it super easy, super chill. Then I had the ball still. So, Dude, that – I couldn't imagine, man. I mean, that's a middle-end breaking ball that you just absolutely fucking shot on. And that Heavy ball was cutter. absolutely Heavy annihilated. Cutter. Like, I, yeah, I, so you – do you, do you seriously, though, like, do, do you actually remember rounding first? Because I'm looking at the video here, and o O'Neal Cruz at the top step absolutely fired up for you. Do you remember, like yeah. – every single part of that moment or is that kind of like a blur in the back of your head still dude so like definitely rounding the bases was like oh shit that just happened i just did that i just did that <laughs> like side of thing you know what i mean like that just happened i just did my first i just did my first career homer yeah but it's just like <laughs> you feel kind of weightless man it's just it's wild i remember the dugout celebration more than anything so, like, everyone's, like, dabbing me up, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I get to Cal Mitchell and Jack Sawinski, and they're both, like, like holding on to each other, jumping up and down. Then I'd, like, jump in the middle of it. Then me and Cruz, Cruz, me and Cruz always wait at the end of the dugout for each other. Yeah. And we give each other a big hug. And, dude, he just, like, engulfs me. Like, I'm, like, I feel – that. I like to think I'm a decent-sized human being. Yeah. Then that guy hugs me, and I'm, like, I'm the smallest person on the planet. Dude, that is so goddamn electric. Yeah, I, re yeah, I remember the celebration with the team afterwards. It was, it's unreal. Vogue made like Vogelbach made it really special too. He was like, "Hell yeah, man! It's so huge." That guy is one of the best teammates I've ever had too. Vogue's, yeah, he looks like just such Vogue, an electric factory. And he's smart, dude. He's when it comes to plan and approach, and he's been around the league, man. He's seen a lot of guys. That's a guy. I text if I ever have a question about someone. That's all time. We should get him on the show. I heard, I heard he's a great Dude, guy. Shit. We should get him on this podcast. We've had tons of big guys. I mean, he's let's awesome, fucking, If I got Daniel Vogelbach on this podcast, I don't know what I, I would. I, I would just mesmerize <laughs> for like an hour. He's just the most interesting human being of all time. And he dresses he's like best, a baller, yeah. too. He wears like chains. He like He has six shoes. He's just he's electric. His shoe game. 
dude, I was his locker buddy. So I was, it went Brian Reynolds, Vogie, me, Ben Gamble. That is then, such a sick, that is sick. Dude, I'm sitting next to Vogie my first time in a clubhouse and this dude's just got stacks of shoes in his locker. I'm like, yo, let me see those. And he's got like the freshest new Jordans that you can think of, dude. I'm like what five hundred dollar pair of shoes. What like, a legend! Wild. What a legend! I'm he's happy like, he's doing well in New New York. Yeah, dude, they loved him over there, and I dude, he can help any team win. Man. He can really help any team. All time locker room guy. All time locker yep. room guy. All time. Absolutely. But anyways, man, uh, before we end this, man, I just want to say like I'm pumped for you, man. Honestly, you're gonna get lots you. of opportunities in Detroit. Uh, like I said, man. I mean. We, we I'm, we've had a pretty decent amount of guys like Ryan Kreidler has been on the podcast, yeah. uh, Cody Clemens, all these yep. guys. So there's a lot of good young guys on that team, man. So you're putting yourself in definitely a good spot. Uh, we're going to get playing time and stuff like that. So I'm pumped for you, man. Keep doing your thing. Uh, keep raking, man. And uh, ho- I'll see you soon at Comerica, brother. I'll see you yeah, soon at Comerica. Yeah, sounds good, bro. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.